Remember the first time the hair stood up on the back of your neck when your mother said, you are in trouble. Come on. Remember how that felt? Wait till your father gets home. I didn't have that privilege. We came to Florida when I was seven years old. So I didn't have that privilege of wait till your father gets home. My mother would say, you're in trouble. I want you to go out and get me one of those switches off of the tree and bring it in here. And we would go get those twigs that would just break on the first whack. That was always a bad mistake. Because it always felt like mom just went out and ripped the whole tree out of the ground and brought it in. And it was not a pleasant feeling. You knew trouble was there. We know that what we are seeing today in our world is tragic. As we said, what's going on in Russia and Ukraine. We think about these record high gas prices at four bucks a gallon. We think about inflation being at its high of in 40 years, seven and a half percent. And they expect by the end of the year to be at 10%. Mm -hmm. Record tornadoes and hurricanes across the United States. I mean, we just it just keeps going and going and going. Some of us have troubles in our own homes, our own families. I went to a conference yesterday called the Christian Family Coalition. What a great conference it was. I'm going to encourage you guys to be a part of that. But he said something yesterday. I said, this guy was reading my notes. <laughs> As he was talking, I was thinking about, wait a minute, I just had already wrote this. And he's sharing my notes for church. Because we're reminded in Psalms chapter 46 and verse 10, be still and know that I am yeah. God. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I will be exalted among the heathen, and I will be exalted in the earth. We're reminded here that War and destruction are invertible. But so is God's final victory. There are times that we should be praising the Lord Jesus. And I can tell you when that time frame is now. We're to be praising Jesus all yeah. the time. Yeah. Yeah. We're to be worshiping the Lord all the time. His power and His mercy, it, it just reminds us how we need to be still in the presence of Almighty God. But we have become to be a fast-paced society where, okay, Jesus, I can give you 10 minutes this morning. <laughs> and if everything goes good this afternoon, before I go to bed, I can probably give you another 10. But I won't forget to give you two or three minutes in between each meal to pray for the food or 10 seconds whatever <laughs> the prayer comes out to be depending on how hungry you are I guess 
But I'm reminded in Job, if you got your Bibles, go to Job chapter 19. Because in Job chapter 19 and verse 25, it says, For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand in the latter day upon the earth. In chapter 19 here, Job, Job begins to speak. Job knows trouble. And I have heard so many times people say, well, you know, some days I feel like Job. Oh, yeah. You can't know what Job went through. That's true. And I also say, be careful about what you ask for. Yes. And be careful how you speak because we we fight not against the flesh and blood, but we fight against the principalities of the air. The enemy knows what you speak. And he'll be more than happy to oblige you to be like Job. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. and, it, and it's not nice. It's not, not pretty. Right. Some of us felt like we have gone through those dark and terrible days. When you begin to think about the history of Job and you begin to think about how he was living the good life, right? So to speak. I mean, he had Beautiful family, wife, servants, and their servants had servants, and the servant servants had servants. And he had all kind of animals. He was the richest in the land. Yeah. And lived the old devil, that sneaky snake, traveling to and fro. And the Lord says, have you considered my servant Job? What would you think this morning if the Lord said, have you considered my servant Phil? Uh, have you considered my servant Jack? Yeah. Have you considered my servant Lynn? <laughs> and next thing you know, all these things, Pastor Dave, all these things come down upon you and you're like, what did I do? Yeah. You know, that's what we do. Yeah. Honestly, when we get in the midst of trouble, we say, Lord, what did I do? You know, we don't say, Lord, help me. We say, God, what did I do to deserve this? Yeah. I've done that a few times. Yeah, yeah. Instead of saying, Lord Jesus, I need your help. Right. I'm going through a trial here. I'm going through a situation, and I need your help. Yeah. But Job asked three questions. Uh-oh. <laughs> and... Verse 14, 40 says, Who can bring clean bring a clean thing out of an unclean? And in 1410 he says, If a man give up the ghost, where is he? And then in, oh that was in fourteen ten, excuse me. Fourteen fourteen his question was, If a man dieth, shall he live again? Job is trying to defeat depression. He's sitting in an ash pile. And he's got these wonderful friends and his beautiful wife with encouraging words. Why don't you just give up and die? Now that's real encouragement. Yeah, thanks, so. <laughs> 
But he says in verse 25, I know my Redeemer liveth. Hallelujah. He says, I know my Redeemer liveth. The failure of Job's earthly friends, they could not comprehend the fact that he had a relationship with God. They were thinking he did something. He must have sinned. I mean, come on, when we stumble our toe on the bed and we mm. jump up and down and these thoughts start going through our head, who would buy this stupid bed anyway? <laughs> and you were the one that went to the store and got it. <laughs> <laughs> you see, we fail to see a lot of times how the Redeemer works in our lives. Because, see, when everything's going smooth, everything is great, this is good. But soon as we hit a pothole and things start falling apart, we start getting upset. You see, the work of the Redeemer is relative in dire need. Our Redeemer comes and he frees us in the midst of our suffering. But a lot of times, we get upset with him because we went through the trial. Why would God do this to me? Instead of trying to look at why you went through the fire, you're, you're, you're angry with God because the fire was there. Job could have been angry. He could have been mad about a lot of things. I mean, think about it. all of his children taken out in a matter of minutes. Right, right, everything. And next thing you know, they come and the animals are killed. Yep. And then next thing, I mean, just one disaster after another. And I thought, this is terrible for a pastor to say. <coughs> but I was thinking, why didn't they have duct tape back, back in the day? <laughs> now you're saying, Pastor, what's duct tape got to do with Job's situation? When I think about how his wife spoke to him, I thought he could put duct tape right across her lips so he didn't hear what she... Or earplugs so he wouldn't have to hear what she had to say. The friends that, that, that came to him that should have been encouraging him. How many of you have been gone through trouble and your friends have got there to encourage you? No, they come and say, oh, I don't know what you could have done so terribly wrong. <laughs> you must have sin in your life. The little sin there somewhere. That's why you've that's why you've stumbled and fallen. They don't think about encouragement. Remember, we're supposed to be edifiers. We're supposed to encourage one another, lift one another up. But as soon as somebody gets in trouble, we jump ship. They're on their own. <coughs> I wash my hands of this. I'm gone. I don't want any part of that trouble. But God didn't tell us to turn and run. God told us to encourage, to, to lift up your brother and sister in Christ. Encourage them in their walk. You see, I was reading in Deuteronomy and I, I discovered that rescue brings responsibility. And responsibility is what Christians don't want. You hear what I'm saying? Responsibility is not what Christians want. They don't want to be responsible to help someone else out. They got to take care of me. Because when you read in Deuteronomy 7 8, it says, Love and obey him. How many love and obey God? 
How many love and obey what Jesus commands us to do? Yes. Well, I know that's what he commands us to do, but but he's got to understand I'm really busy right now. I got a lot of other stuff going on. Or better yet, this is the best one of all. Woe is me. <laughs> Nobody here to help me. I gotta figure this out all by myself. Yeah. And and then we take this pity party upon ourselves. And then what happens with that? Then depression comes in. And then we get depressed. And depression's not of God. And Deuteronomy 15, 15 shows his love and care for others. We're to, we're, to, we're to show that love. We're to display that love and care to other people. But we don't often do it. Because it brings responsibility. Again, a word we don't like to tear too much. But in Deuteronomy 24, 18, he says to show compassion and mercy. Oh, you come on, Pastor. Compassion and mercy? This is over the top. But this is our responsibility. We're to show compassion and mercy upon those who are hurting, those who are lost, those who need help. We're to reach out to them. You know what? I didn't say they had to be saved. I didn't say they had to be God-fearing Christians. For you show compassion and mercy. It's just our human nature to show compassion and mercy. You know why? Because our Lord Jesus showed compassion and mercy upon each one of us. Yep. Amen. When he went to the cross for us, he showed compassion and mercy. He didn't have to die for our sins, but he did. But so many people don't want to hear about that today. So many people don't want to hear about some man being nailed to a cross, his blood being shed because I did something wrong. But my Jesus did that for me. He knew what a vile sinner I was before I was ever even conceived. He knew about me. When I think about that, it just blows my mind. If I can say that kind of word. It's just unthinkable that this can happen. That my Jesus would do something like this for me. But again, what do I see in verse 25 here? I see Job's faith. Job's faith is my Redeemer living. He has confidence in Jesus. He has confidence in the Lord. His Redeemer is identified. Christ is the Redeemer. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a... Just think of that for a moment. How we have been taken care of again by the Lord. Because he tells us in Romans 3, 24... Therefore, the law was our what? Schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, being justified by faith, that we might be justified by faith. You see, church, our Redeemer liveth. 
for us. For all that we go through. But so many times we jump ship. Job had a sure hope in a world of uncertainty. Church, we have that same hope of the uncertainty in the days that we live in now. But I love when Job says, in my flesh shall I see God. Amen. He was talking about his future. Our future. In flesh we shall see God. His Redeemer and his God are one and the same. Our Redeemer and our God is one and the same. Church, so many times we 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 fail to see all that God does for us. But yet, we come to church on Sunday and we're like, oh, I can feel refreshed. I can feel renewed. I just love when, when God begins to speak to my heart. I love the worship when, when the presence of Almighty God is ushered in through worship and I can feel the presence of God. But as soon as we get outside the doors of the church, we have a nice juicy lunch, maybe a pork roast with potatoes and carrots and a little <laughs> onion on there and some cornbread perhaps <laughs> with a big piece of chocolate cake <laughs> and a glass of milk to follow it up. <laughs> and we're sitting on the recliner or the couch uh -huh. And we're saying, oh, I ate too much. Why did I eat so much? And then you and then you begin to complain. Some of you just go off the snoozy land. <laughs> and you wake up and you're like, oh, I shouldn't have eaten that much. You begin to complain about But God. The creator of the universe, your creator, loves you so much and gave his life for you. Even in the midst of your gluttony, <laughs> even in the midst of your falls, he's there to continually pick you up, dust you off, and move you forward. Why? Because he's a forgiving God. He forgives. You know, I've had some friends tell me they're almost to the end of the rope. I said, what do you mean? Talking to a young guy at work. And he said, well, you know, how many times are you supposed to forgive? And he was saying, quoting me from the Bible, what the time is. And he said, I think I've used up all my forgivenesses. I said, how is that possible? And he said, well, I'm, I'm running, if you go by the numbers, and I said, it's not about the numbers. It's just telling you that God is eternally willing to forgive however long it takes. It's not about, thank you, Tom. 
It's not about how many times you stumbled. It's not about how many times you've sinned. It's about what you're doing when you do sin. Job sitting in an ash pile and his wife said, why don't you just curse God and die? Get it over with. And I'm sure you've had friends in your life say, why don't you just walk away from the church? They're not helping you. Your situation is not getting better. You're on the verge of bankruptcy. You're on the verge of death because of your health. Where is these people that are supposed to be helping? Where is this God who's supposed to be healing you? Where is this God who's supposed to be providing for you? Where is he that you're so wrapped up in all of that? They're brainwashing you. I'm glad Jesus brainwashed me. Amen. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yes. Because without him, I'm sure I'd be much worse off. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd probably already be six feet under. Or I'd probably already be living on this street. <clears throat> but my Savior loves me so much that I don't have to curse God and die. You see, because he already cursed the devil for me. He went to the cross for me. And therefore, I'm redeemed by him. You see... I would never want to experience what Job experienced. I know some people say, well, you know, maybe I should. Maybe I can understand. Maybe I can relate more. Oh, you don't want to relate like that. But what I want to share is Job's future. I want to share Job's future. In my flesh shall I see God. I'm, I can't wait for the day for Jesus to call us home. And if I should die before you, guess what? I'm going to get to see him before you. Because the dead in Christ shall rise first. <laughs> Not that I desire to go before you. I desire that Christ come and take us all together. Right. But if that doesn't happen, it's okay. You know why? Because in my flesh shall I see God. That means one day I'm going to see him. I'm going to stand before him face to face. But you know who else is going to be there standing before him face to face? All those people that you call sinners. All those people you call reprobates and other names. They're going to stand before God too. But when we give that account, church, are we going to be giving an account because we didn't share the gospel of Jesus Christ? With the lost, the dying, the hurting? Are we going to be like Job's friends? And just try to push him off into death? No. We need to be encouraging the world to come to know the Jesus Christ that we know. We have a future. And we need to live the future. We need to live as though God is coming in the next few minutes. We need to be looking up and understanding where God is bringing us and where God is taking us to. Yes, we're living in a day of trouble. 
But let me just say this. Know this. God is going to take care of us. Why? Because you have a personal relationship with him. He's not going to abandon you. Things might get rough, things might get tight, but he's not going to abandon you. Some of us have experienced that in this room. Oh yeah. Dark days. Mm-hmm. Troublesome days. But when we came through, Jesus was still there. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Why is that? Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yeah. He says, I will not leave you nor forsake you. He's not going to leave you, church. He's going to be with you till the bitter end. No matter how that end may be. Amen? Amen. Amen. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord God, that in these days of trouble that we live in, we know that we can come to you. And that you, Lord God, will, will redeem us. Lord, in the midst of our troubles, we know that you hear us. Father, for you will not forsake us. And you will not leave us. Lord, we can come to you, we can count on you in the midst of our trials. And in the dark days that we live in, we can come to you, Lord, you hear us. And I pray, Lord Jesus, this morning, that you will undertake in a supernatural way for us. Have your way with us, I pray. Lord, let us do your will and not our own. Yes, Father. Let us reach out into the world that we live in. And Lord, let us encourage them. Let us lift them up. And we'll give you the praise and the glory and the honor for these things that we ask this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.